The following is a sermon that was preached at Faith Lutheran Church in Sharpsburg, Georgia. For more information about our church or to hear past sermons from Faith Lutheran, visit georgiafaith.com. Thank you for listening. It was the day when heaven went to war. You know, today in our society, people want to find a rational explanation for everything. Maybe they want education or science to explain everything in the world to them, to rationalize why things happen and why they didn't. And someone please tell me what exactly was that bump in the middle of the night. But the reality is, even in our hyper-scientific world, there are things that cannot be explained because we are not alone. No, there is a spiritual world that cannot be explained with equations or examined with microscopes or telescopes. There's a spiritual dimension that has nothing to do with technology and everything to do with reality. The Bible says that there are spiritual beings among us, angels, demons, and they are at war, at war for your soul. It began at the very dawn of time. I mean, God had created this universe and everything in it, and it was filled with perfection from one end to the other, from the wonders of heaven to the earth below. And then God created this mighty race of spiritual beings, both powerful and glorious. And this race he called angels. But then God created a race even more special, not just spiritual, like the angels, but a race that was body and soul, physical and spiritual, and this race he called mankind. And so the heavens were to be filled with legions of holy angels, and the earth was to be filled with legions of holy men and women. This was God's plan. It just, it just didn't last very long. There was one angel, uh, a powerful angel, one who held a position of authority, but it wasn't enough for him. God had made him beautiful, sinless, a light bearer. That's the name that Isaiah gave him, light bearer. Light bearer in Latin is Lucifer. But for this angel of light, serving God wasn't good enough. And instead of light, he chose darkness. Instead of obedience, he chose chaos. And he rallied many angels to his side to try to throw off God's plan. In the high halls of heaven, rebellion. In a land of unending light, darkness grew. Now, Lucifer might have been powerful, but he grossly underestimated the power of God. I mean, even angels, they can't fight against God and win. Uh, Peter tells us the result of this this skirmish, Peter says, the angels who did not keep their positions of authority but abandoned their own home, God did not spare those angels when they sinned but sent them to hell to be held for judgment. There were no second chances for the evil angels. They rebelled, they lost their authority, lost their position, they were slated for judgment. You know, Jesus, in our gospel lesson, this is what he was talking about. Because remember, he was there. I mean, long before he was born as Jesus of Nazareth in a city called Bethlehem, 
The Son of God ruled as the Prince of Heaven, so he was there the day that Lucifer rebelled. And so when Jesus' disciples come back crowing about the fact that uh, even the demons are submitting to their authority in Jesus' name, Jesus is like, no, no, no. You don't understand. I saw it happen. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. But he landed right here on earth among that other race God had made among mankind. And suddenly in this perfect world of light, darkness began to grow because Lucifer and his evil angels were not content to suffer alone. They wanted to bring down that other race that God had made. They wanted to bring down mankind. And so into the garden he went in the form of a serpent with his wise sounding words and his pride inducing lies. And he took the woman and he took the man and he pulled them down to himself. And suddenly both of the races God had made found themselves drowning in sin and death and the dying of the light. Both of them had nothing waiting but judgment. And while the devil and his henchmen were no doubt cackling over what they had done, suddenly God came down. God came down to speak to that one race, to that race called mankind. Their laughing must have died off because God promised mankind something he did not promise to the angels. The angels got no second chances, but God came down and to mankind he promised, he said, I will forgive their sins. I have a plan to help them be in heaven with me forever. The devil must have howled. Howled. How can you do that, God? That is not right. It is not just. It is not fair. You said the soul that sins, it shall die. Well, they sinned. They belong with me. Anything other than that, Lord, wouldn't be right or fair or just. And, I mean, the devil was right, wasn't he? How could it be right or just if God says sin equals death? But then he says to these people, but not for you. That sounds unjust, unfair, unright. And you know what? The, uh, the devil never stopped reminding God of that fact. Throughout the whole Old Testament, that's what the devil's doing, is reminding God that his promises to this other race, mankind, are unjust and unfair. It's kind of an amazing thought that uh, in the Old Testament, before Jesus came, even though the devil had lost his position, he was slated for judgment, God still allowed the devil to come into God's presence. He would allow uh, the devil to appear before him in his heavenly council. Like if you read the book of Job, the, the very first chapters of Job, you get to see God in the midst of his heavenly council, and all of a sudden, who's there but, but Lucifer? And God says, where have you come from? And the devil said, from roaming through the earth and going back and forth in it. And then the devil did what he does best. He started accusing God of not being fair. He said, no, the way you treat Job, that's not fair, that's not right. Job's a sinner. He doesn't deserve your favor. He deserves to be with me. 
That's what he does, is he brings accusations. And that's why, really, we, we don't usually call him Lucifer anymore, because actually Lucifer, light bearer, that was kind of a picture of what he was, not what he is today. He doesn't bring light anywhere today. No, because of this action, he got a different name. In the Old Testament, they called him Hasatan, Satan, which means the accuser. The one who accuses God of unfairness and accuses us of being sinners. Satan's the accuser. He's like the prosecuting attorney in a court of law, right? He's, his job is to bring charges against the accused. And you know what? He doesn't have to work very hard on me. I mean, what, what real argument is there that I'm a failure as a perfect man? Failure even as a good man. I mean, the devil can lay out on the, on the table exhibits A through Z, and what am I going to say? I, how could I defend my? I couldn't defend myself from any accusations like that. And he does the same thing for you, too. I, I don't know what he'd lay out on the table as exhibits for you. I know mine. But my guess is you know yours, too. And you know that there wouldn't be any defending yourself the accuser's right. He says these people are sinful and they don't deserve to be with God. They deserve to be with me. Another fascinating example of that in the Old Testament is we find Satan doing exactly that to a man named Joshua who is the high priest of God's people. And in the book we see Satan accusing Joshua of sin. And the, the picture is an amazing one. Joshua's standing there and he's covered in filthy clothes, the filthy clothes of his sin. And Satan is saying, That's a sinner who belongs with me, not with you in heaven. And then the Son of God steps forward and says, Take his clothes, take away those filthy clothes, and wrap him in robes of righteousness, because he belongs to me. And Satan howls, That's not fair. That's not right. He's as much of a sinner as anyone here, and he doesn't belong with you. He doesn't deserve this kind of treatment. And God, at this point, I've got questions about whether or not you understand justice because the way you're acting is neither just nor fair. And God said, just wait. Just wait. I'll show you real justice. Because you see, God had a plan. And the plan was that the Son of God would, would actually become a member of that human race so that he could be punished for the sins of all men. And when Christ went to the cross, that is what was happening. Every one of those exhibits from my life that's laid out on the table, every one of the exhibits from your life was put on his shoulders and he died. But when the blood of God was shed on the altar of the cross, everything changes. The devil might be able to say that I'm a sinner and I don't deserve to be in heaven with God. That's absolutely true. The devil could also say it would not be fair for God just to forget about my sins. Also true. But he can't say anything when God decides to pay for my sins with the blood of his son. When the blood of Jesus enters into the balance, there's nothing but justice left. When Jesus died on the cross, all accusations about God's justice had to fail. Every accusation about God not being fair had to be removed. 
because God's blood was poured out on the altar of the cross. So no more could Satan accuse God. And you know what? God didn't want Satan or his henchmen to be up in heaven anymore. Nowhere near, because what had happened after Jesus died on the cross, what was happening is he was going to rise from the dead, and then you know what was going to happen? The high prince of the heavenly kingdom was going to come home, and he was going to bring humanity with him. As a human, he was going to ascend to the throne of heaven itself and begin to reign as king of kings and lord of lords. So there was no more room in heaven for opposing advocates because Jesus was coming back. No more was God going to allow Satan to accuse him of anything. No more because God had made it perfectly fair by sacrificing his son. So no more was Satan going to get to go to the throne room to accuse God's people. Paul said, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so God called forth Michael, the general of his armies, and he gave him the command, throw them out. And heaven went to war. Michael and his army of angels went, went to war on Satan and cast him from heaven, never to enter God's presence again. There was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was not strong enough and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. The accuser of our brothers, who accuses them before our God day and night, has been hurled down. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Satan wants your soul, but he can't have it. He can accuse you of being a sinner. He can say that you don't belong with God but with him. But God won't listen because the blood of his son has been poured out on the altar of the cross because the blood of his son has washed you free of all of your sins. They are forgiven, forgotten, forever. The war's been won. Satan has been cast down. He lost but it comes with a word of warning for us. Because even in defeat, he hasn't stopped. Somebody once said, uh, Satan is a loser, but he is no quitter. Rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury, because he knows his time is short. Satan and his henchmen want to take away the peace that you have with God. That's why St. Paul said this. He said, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil. He reminds us that this fight isn't something out of a fairy tale. It's as real as the air you breathe. But he also reminds you that we have allies. We are not alone. Because you see, on the day that Jesus triumphed, heaven went to war, and they have never stopped. God's army of angels has been battling evil ever since then, and they will not stop until the day when God's peace rings out across a new heaven and a new earth. So, you know, in these days when the days are growing darker, the nights are growing longer, 
this time when summer's light begins to dim into winter's darkness, we're reminded that there's forces of light and forces of darkness at battle in this world. But remember, we are not alone. Today is the feast of the archangel. And no matter how dark this world seems, we know that the victory's already been won. God has sent out his army and heaven went to war for you. God grant that in our lives. Amen. Amen.